So I'm reading from uh, the book of James. We've been doing James for some time now. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of amazed at how much stuff is in here. Uh, we could go to the end of the year uh, with James. Um, but this is the message, this is the, the, uh, the passage for today. Chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So James is speaking to business people who are busy about their plans, they're strategizing, they're, 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 they're making some sales goals, they're, uh, they're figuring out how they can make more money, and they think that, they, that the people who are making these plans have all the time in the world and that nothing can go wrong. It's a picture of somebody who's looking at a map, you know, and he, and he says, now that's a good place to be. Maybe that's where I should set up business. I'll, I'll trade for a year or two. I'll make a killing. I'll make a pile of money, and then I'll come back, and I will eat, drink, and be merry. Well, this is the arrogance of someone who thinks that he's in complete control of his life. Indeed, that nothing wrong, nothing can happen uh, that might go wrong. This is a person who thinks he has forever, all the time in the world. So the, what could be more fun than making a pile of money and then sitting back and just kind of living off the, off the fat uh, of your labor in, in your old age? Well, James says such folks are guilty of arrogant boasting. The Greek word he uses here uh, is alazonia, which refers literally to a wandering quack. Someone who offers cures, but it's no cure. Somebody who's making these boasts, but there is absolutely no way he can do it or, you know, or carry it out, all his plans. So how can he be so arrogantly self-confident, says James? How does such a person even know that there will be a tomorrow? Perhaps before one boasts too quickly of all one's great plans, he or she should heed the wisdom of the ancients. And so we have Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Similarly, the rabbis had a saying, Care not for the morrow, for you know not what a day may bring forth. Perhaps you may not find tomorrow. Or the Roman philosopher Seneca can say, how foolish it is for a man to make plans for his life when not even tomorrow is in his control. I like the, the story about the gambler who came across Aladdin's lamp. And of course, you know, uh, he rubbed it and was confronted by a genie. And as usual, uh, the genie says, you can have one wish, just one wish. And so the gambler thought for a moment, and uh, he came up with this, what he thought was a great idea. He said, I wish to have tomorrow's newspaper. 
So the wish was quickly granted, and with greedy delight, the, the gambler turned to the, to, to the sports section of the newspaper to the horse racing results, and now he could hurry to the track and place his bets on sure winners. And a smirk of satisfaction crossed his face as he was perusing the rest of the paper, but that smile turned into a frown when he came upon the obituary column, and there at the top of the list was his very own name so that all his anticipated gains would now be gone with the visit of the Grim Reaper. Kind of like the story that Jesus told, uh, the unforgettable story about the rich man, but he was very foolish, who made his fortune and made all his plans for the future. You know, he had a, the, the barns all ready to go to sustain him for the rest of his life, but he didn't realize that his soul would be required of him that very night. He thought he had it made, but now all was lost. So the point is clear. Life is uncertain. There are no guarantees. You, you and I may not even be here tomorrow. The future is a mystery and ultimately out of our control. Now, the point here is not that we should never make plans or set goals or be ambitious or make money or be prudent in preparing for the future. We must do all these things, but we must always do so with a view to God and to God's plans and purposes for us. We must make plans but hold to them lightly, knowing that anything can happen. The uncertainty of life should drive us to daily dependence upon God, trusting God, seeking His will for our lives. And really, one should really only approach life with a great measure of humility, saying, Lord willing, I will do this or that. The Apostle Paul displayed this sort of humility with regard to his own life's affairs. He wrote to the Corinthians, I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And again, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. Uh, there's a Arabic word or phrase that every tourist who visits the Middle East uh, uh, quickly hears upon arriving, and that word is inshallah, which means God willing. And so Arabic speakers literally pepper their speech with a phrase. And, they, you know, they, they, they don't really take the time to give it any thought because they say it so often. But if they stop to think about it, uh, it would be a helpful reminder to them that life is uncertain and their life really depends upon God. We have our own expression, of course, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. This is kind of an aside, but I, just, I did some research about the origin of that phrase, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Uh, apparently, this phrase was first used by Benjamin Hawkins of the late 18th century, who was asked by the U.S. president to go back to Washington and in his reply, he is said to have written, God willing and the creek don't rise. But because he capitalized the word creek, it's asserted that he was referring to the creek Indian tribe and not a body of water. Lord willing and the creek, you know, the Indians don't rise up and cause trouble. There you go. You just learned something new. So, in a sense, all of our plans should be prefaced by the words, Lord willing. But to forget God, to make plans without Him, to regard the future with kind of a boastful assurance, 
is, according to James, it's really foolish. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. For after all, what is your life? James asks. And he further humbles us by reminding us that life is short, shorter than we think. For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We may think that we are big stuff, but you know what? We're a mere flash in the pan. So when we make our plans, we better take time to take that simple fact into account. We are here today, but we may not be here tomorrow. And of course, the older we get, the more in touch we are with our own mortality, right? Young people, as you know, however, think that they're going to live forever. Tony Campolo, who's a very colorful speaker, tells about the Baptist church of which he was an associate pastor back in Philadelphia. And this church celebrated Student Recognition Day once a year. And in one of those services, after a few students had spoken, the pastor stood up and said, Young people, you may not think you're going to die, but you are. One of these days, they'll take you to the cemetery, drop you in a hole, throw some dirt on your face, and go back to the church and eat potato salad. <laughs> now, that would put a damper on the festivities. Was it Student Recognition Day? <laughs> I mean, but it was, however, a very memorable underscoring of the inevitability of death. And he was actually doing those young people a favor because there is wisdom in knowing that our time on earth is limited. For then, whether we are young or old, we'll try to live more wisely. We'll make the most of every day. We'll make every day count. Oh, Lord, teach us to count our days. We are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We are vapor in the wind. All of us, of course, are going to die, but the question is, do we live as though we know it? In uh, Michael Christopher's play, The Shadow Box, uh, the characters are all patients and families of a uh, hospice retreat center for the terminally ill. And they break out of their dialogue at the conclusion of the drama, and they speak directly to the audience. Someone should have told them, they say, one after another, that it doesn't last, that life lasts only an instant. They don't complain. They simply declare their bewilderment at how swiftly the days pass. Someone should have said something, they say. Someone should have said something so we could recognize how quickly time runs. Someone should have said something that would would have made a difference in the way that they'd live. They lament their lack of wisdom in measuring time so that their plea echoes the prayer of the psalmist, so teach us to count our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What is your life? A mist that vanishes, vapor in the wind, flash in the pan. So who are we to think that we are like God, that we are in control of all of our plans and of our lives, and that we have eternity to do whatever we want? Knowing life is short is humbling. It cures our boastfulness. 
If we boast of anything, let us boast of the goodness and mercy of God. But there's another answer to this question, what is your life, that is implied. Your life is a gift. Life may be short, but isn't it an incredible miracle that you and I are here at all? I mean, really? In uh, a lighter vein, the great theologian, Dr. Seuss, invites us to reflect on the gift of life. If you'd never been born, then what would you be? You might be a fish or a toad in the tree. You might be a doorknob or three baked potatoes. Worse than all that, you might be a wasn't. A wasn't has no fun at all. No, he doesn't. But you, you are you. Now, isn't that pleasant? Today you are you, and it's truer than true that there's no one alive who is youer than you. Shout aloud, I am lucky to be what I am. Thank goodness I'm not just a clam or a ham or a dusty old jar of gooseberry jam. I am what I am, and it's a great thing to be. If I say so myself, happy birthday to me. <laughs> Main thing about that, don't be a wasn't. So, do you see your life as a gift? Yeah, life is short. But isn't it a gift? Do we realize how wonderful it is just to be alive? I mean, thank God for it. We owe it all to God. Who are we to boast? None of us are self-made people. We're not self-created. Far from being God, we owe everything to our Creator upon whom we utterly depend. He's put breath in our bodies. And that very thought is humbling, isn't it? Now, since our lives are a gift from God, then let us move through life with a sense of wonder, and may the theme song of our lives be one of gratitude. Someone has offered really good counsel. Um, be easy with life, for it's so fragile and never to be counted on. Each day is a gift. And if you take it gladly and thankfully and hold it as your most precious pearl, you'll be close to understanding its value. Let not the night find you still waiting to live, still too cautious to invest your life, still not ready to begin the task of becoming. For life waits not, it hurries by and whispers, come along. You can either join the celebration or simply stand and stare as all your todays become yesterdays, all your tomorrows race along the horizon into twilight and leave you with a torn parcel of memories wondering what might have happened if you had really dared to be alive. What is your life? It's a mist that appears a little while and vanishes, but it's an incredible gift from God. And so let us live to the full. Make every day count. And it's an opportunity to make a positive difference for God in this world while there's still time. As James says at the very end of that little passage, I always wondered why that was included. It didn't seem to fit. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. And I thought, well, what does that have to do with the, good, with the shortness of life? But, but basically what James is saying is this. Life isn't just about your own enjoyment. You know, it's not just about smelling the roses. 
We are here to make a difference in the lives of others. We're here to make this world a better place. Do good, says James. To have had the opportunity to do good and not to have done it is sin, says James. It's to have squandered your time on earth. There's waste there. Now is the time to do good. Now is the time to be reconciled to others and to make amends because life is too short to ignore people or to be mean to them or to remain separated from them. We are, after all, going to have to spend eternity with a lot of these folks so that now is the time to speak the word, to write the note, to make the call, to, to give the apology, to seek the forgiveness, to love the person, to do the kind deed. Now is the time to be with family, to spend time with your kids. Life is so uncertain, and there may not be a more opportune time. Now is the time to give flowers to people, not at the graveyard. And there's nothing really more tragic than the person who lives in the spirit of going to do and dies with nothing done. We put off doing today what we can do tomorrow, thinking that we have an endless series of tomorrows. Well, do we have an endless string of tomorrows? Knowing our time on earth is limited, we will do the good that we can do for others. But you know what? The highest good we can do right now is to be sure that you and I are right with God. Some people put off a decision for God until they are on their deathbed. But how foolish is that? For one thing, they may not have the time. They may drop dead tomorrow. And postponing a decision for God is a waste. I mean, they could have enjoyed the riches of knowing God in Jesus Christ all along. And so the Apostle Paul is urgent when he says to the Corinthians, he says, be reconciled to God. Now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. So the question is, are you right with God? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Do you know that you belong to Him? Have you received His forgiveness and His gift of salvation? Do you know the assurance of leaning on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all alarms? And you know, if you wonder about that, I mean, if you've never really committed your life to the Lord, then right now is a perfect opportunity to do so. I mean, who, who knows? You may not have another opportunity, right? So we can pray like this, and this, it would behoove all of us to pray this prayer together. So let us pray. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. Amen. 
And if that is indeed our prayer, then you and I can be sure that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And we can know without a doubt that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Yes, life is short, like a vapor in the wind, but our lives matter to God. God loves us with an infinite love. He loves us enough to actually die for us. And this same Lord who died was raised from the dead so that we might enjoy life forever with Him. Our life on earth may be short, but we're destined for greater things eternally in heaven, as it is written. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, we have a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. What is our life? A mist that vanishes to be sure, but it's also an incredible gift to be used with gratitude and care. But this life is not all there is. Praise be to God. Heaven awaits. And what is the chief business of heaven? Joy. So let us live as though there is no tomorrow, all the while giving glory and thanks to God. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, these are uh, sobering thoughts. but, Lord, so crucial to our understanding of how we live our lives day by day. Help us depend upon you each day to make the most of it. Yes, to enjoy life and all its pleasures, for you've given us all these things for us to enjoy, but also to do good, to get right with other people, above all, to be sure that we are right with you. So, Lord, lead us, lead us onward, and we look forward to that time when We shall live with you eternally and know your incomparable joy. Through Christ we pray all these things. Amen.